Hello pals, hello on this beautiful night, it's really nice outside, I just went for a run, uh, nearly died, it was quite quite cool, not too hot, not too cold, a little bit breezy and then I thought tonight is the night that I finally sit down and record this episode, I've been carrying it with me in my head for a few weeks now, I don't really know why it's been so difficult to actually put pen to paper or voice to microphone. I think it is because the the subject matter I'm going to be talking about is quite complex and quite delicate. I want to talk today about belonging or not belonging, fitting in and identity. And I try to put everything in order in my head all these weeks. I've been thinking quite a lot about it. I've been reading about it. And then I went for a run and I thought tonight is the night. Not that everything is in order in my head. So welcome to this wild ride. I don't know um, where this is going to end. But I can tell you where it all started. And it all started a few months ago with uh, what I'll refer to as incident one. I was staying at my sister's house and I was in the same room as my sister. My sister was on the phone. She was on hold to, well, I don't know, electricity company, let's say. And she's been on hold forever. And then finally she gets through to someone. And I assume she's been asked for her name. And then she she immediately proceeds, it's Zima, Z-I-M-A. She spells our beautiful short surname for whoever is on the other side of of that line. And I looked at her and I laughed and then she laughed immediately too. I do this every single time. Every time. Every time I'm on the phone. Even if five days in a row I speak to the same person, I'll still sell my surname? Hmm, maybe. I'll still be spelling my surname. I preempt this question. I, I don't really know why I do it. I don't want people to be tortured by having to ask, oh, how do you spell that? And of course, they're, they're absolutely not tortured. That's just me projecting. Right, so that's that's incident one. And something I, I realized my sister does every time as well, because we talked about it later. Now, incident two is not really an incident. It's not a, a one-off. It's a series of thoughts that I have every now and then about my name, about my first name. I have been introducing myself as Magda for... A very long time. I have not introduced myself with my full name, my real name, my Polish ID name, my passport name. Okay, um, I can go on. Which is Magdalena. And I love it. I mean, I love this name. I love this name more and more. I feel more and more connection to it. And sometimes I'm thinking about reclaiming it. Even though it has a bit of a trauma attached to it, because whenever I was in trouble, when I was younger, my parents would not call me a, a shortened version, short and cute version of Magdalena, but I'll go with a full name. Magdalena, come here. 
that sort of thing. So th- there's a bit of that attached to it. But even even with it, I still really enjoy saying it. You know, hi, Magdalena, how do you do? But then, <laughs> and I, I've been thinking about reclaiming it because I really love it. And I love saying it. I think, why not? This is actually my name. But then I remember my worst nightmare, which is spelling of this long name. And to me, this is the most effective deterrent. If you don't want me to do something, if you want to deter me from doing something, just say, oh, yeah, great. No, no, that's good. But you'll need to spell stuff first. I'll be out of the door immediately before you know it. Years ago, I had a job in a pizza shop. I spoke really good English at that time. And and in that job, I was basically, I was supposed to sit there in a little booth. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> so much pizza. And take phone orders from people. This was way before delivery. We just sat there, took to, to, took the orders. And, you know, everything was fine. As of, yeah, what would you like? Uh, margarita. Oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Right, what is your address? And then they go, oh, well, it's number 20 Wellsboro Road. <laughs> All right. Can you spell that for me, please? And then they go, I, oh, A, well, W, B. Panic. Panic. I got fired on on day one for not being able to spell. Till now, spelling a long word from memory, not good. I have to write it down first and then spell it, and that's fine. Worse yet is having to write something down from someone else's spelling. Really not good. The, the, the sort of Y-E-I's, I find them really confusing. This is a real issue. And um, I, I know it's, it's, it's funny, but sometimes it's not. So um, maybe reclaiming, reclaiming of my name might um, need to get delayed a little bit until we never have to spell again because <laughs> machines do it for us. So that's incident, non-incident too. Now, non-incident three, quite recently, someone asked me in a very professional, unlikely environment for that sort of question, um, where my accent was from. And I was actually very happy to answer because they asked so nicely, they were like genuinely curious. Um, and I, I, by the way, never have a problem with questions of where you're from and where's your accent from, um, as long as they come from a place of curiosity and dialogue and are not followed by, oh, okay, go back there then. Um, but anyway, these, these, um, these people asked me about my accent and I was really happy to answer and I sort of said that thing that I usually say. I'm from Poland, but because I lived in so many different places, my accent is just a bit, it's just a mix of all different accents, um, sometimes slow cooked together and sometimes tumble dried. And then they went, oh, it's such a lovely accent. And I went, oh, my ego was stroked so nicely. But then I remembered I remember that when people were asking me this question, 
15 years ago, I felt quite uncomfortable. And I think when I think about it now, I think it's because I try to fit in quite a lot. When I first moved here, I wanted my accent to be perfect. I wanted it to be generic, so not mine, almost, so that I didn't have to stick out. So I didn't have to explain that I was not from him. And the reason for it was because often when I said, oh, I'm from Poland 15 years ago, the question that followed was, oh, so you're here for holidays? This is your holiday job? When are you going back home? And I, I used to take it so personally. I was just, you know, this little Polish girl who felt not particularly welcome even though I when I when I think back I, I think often there was no there was no bad intention behind these questions there might have been just curiosity um and and sometimes there probably was a desire to just boot me back to Poland but overall I have met in I have been met with friendliness and openness and I recognize how how incredibly fortunate I was so 15 years ago that was my story trying hard to fit in and at that time confusing it with belonging I thought the fitting in process would lead to belonging and I don't know was I wrong maybe I I did think that when I finally fit in, when my accent is a bit more British, when I know more cultural references, I will stop feeling a bit... Um, I'll stop feeling that question marky, you know? Not, not quite home, not quite myself. Quite torn and, and probably quite confused. And I have been since then and around that time, I've been reading um, a lot about migration, the sociology of migration, theory of migration. I actually studied migration at university. And you know what? None of that really helped me deal with my own situation. (laughs) Classic. Um, Now, a, a big favorite of mine Brene Brown has this theory of belonging and fitting in and she says this "Mm, fitting in is the greatest barrier to belonging fitting in I've discovered during the past decade of research is assessing situations and groups of people then twisting yourself into a human pretzel in order to get them to let you hang out with them Belonging is something else entirely. It is showing up and letting yourself be seen and known as you really are. You cannot belong when you committed to trying to fit in. End of quote. And I, of course, I relate to this with all my being. But I think in the context of migration, it is a bit more complex. It's a bit more layered no because we we often talk and we often think about the belonging with a big b in the migration context we often think about belonging in relation to a country 
And totally, that's how I thought about it. My thinking used to be that I had to split my belonging capital between two countries, between Poland and the UK. This is a big ask. (laughs) It's a big task. It's something that takes quite a lot of energy, quite a lot of calculation on a daily basis. But then years later, having lived in, in many other places... I have my own take on belonging. And that take is that I, Magda Zima, Z-I-M-A. <laughs> Sorry, maybe even Magdalena Zima. I'm not spelling this long name. Actually does not need to belong anywhere with a big B. I much prefer the small B belongings. I belong in a group of friends, a family, I belong in community. I belong in a group of people whose values align with mine. But I also belong in or to another group who's thinking about the world might be different to mine. But we accept that these worldviews are different and let each other express and discuss them with respect. And I belong with that small bee in many places in the world. And that's beautiful and that gives me comfort. It gives me the assurance that I don't need to belong to a country. Which is a concept, you know, thought up by someone young ago. Someone who decided to take a big pencil and draw some borders on on a map. And I I come from and I was raised in a very cross-border place. And I always thought, how bizarre was it that an hour drive from my parents' house, people will be exactly the same as you. But someone decided, okay, no, you will speak Ukrainian and you will speak Polish and you will speak Slovakian. Yeah, good. Okay, let's make it official. So that's, that's my, that's my theory. That's my, that's my thought on belonging it works for me might not work for you and might not work for anyone else and that's completely fine (sighs) Hmm. loads of big thoughts today now i want to talk a little bit about poland because um, i spend half of my life there and this is the time i cannot ignore it's significant and it had such it has had such impact on how I think and on who I am it's a very important part of my identity one that I probably neglected quite a bit when I first moved to the UK and that's because everything here was so different and so interesting and because I am led by curiosity I I survive and I probably die because of curiosity I quite literally threw myself into everything that I didn't know or experienced before. You can only imagine. And my Polishness was always somewhere in the background because I used it as a basis for comparison, but not much more than that. And then the more I learned about the UK, the life here, the culture, customs, I focused less and less on the Polish part, because the UK part took over. It it somehow, the Polish part was a little bit less relevant because I was establishing my life here. My life was no longer in Poland. Well, a bit of it was, but 
my focus was not on it. And now, when I feel very much at ease uh, when it comes to understanding this little island, I have freed quite a bit of headspace and have reconnected with Poland. And I really like it. A few months ago, I even really missed it. And that's because I went to watch this movie. Uh, the English title is called, is, is Back Then. Polish title is literally translated uh, a Nothing Soup. It's a Polish movie about the reality of the 1980s in Poland, told from very different perspectives, perspective of a child and perspective of adults. It's a beautiful, touching, bittersweet, oh, it's just so sunny and and wonderful and optimistic. It made me think, um, if you know movies of Pedro Almodovar, it was a little bit like that, the same sort of climate of beauty and sunniness. I went to cinema to watch it. It was completely packed. I sat next to these two big lads who like they go to the gym a lot. And I, when I sat down, I just thought, oh, I'm just going to be squished in this seat. Thanks. And then I immediately became so embarrassed about my thoughts because they took out loads of snacks and just shared them with me in such a cute way. It really warmed my heart. It's such a Polish thing to do, sharing food with people you are traveling with or sitting in a cinema with. I mean, strangers, not your family members. Um, it's a it's a lovely thing when you when you go and train Poland. Um, strangers will offer you food, and then we watched this movie and. They cried and I cried. It was a very nostalgic trip down the memory lane. There was a connection between the people who were in that cinema. You could really feel it. There was this shared point or point of reference, which I actually very rarely experience because I'm I'm not there anymore. It just felt so beautiful. And when the movie ended, me and the two lads shared some vodka shots in the downstairs bar thankfully it didn't escalate any further but that movie did something to me it it I think opened something in me which is the need to be a little bit more up to date about what is happening in Poland and about connecting more with that part of my identity and actually I think this is making things a bit more difficult because the more connected I am the more I feel that I would maybe not mind going back for a bit and seeing how it felt, you know, after all these years. It's going to probably make me feel torn again with one foot here and one foot there. You know, I've got enough crisis in my life. I don't need another one. And the last time I had this conversation with someone, they asked me, what it was about Poland that I miss. And of course, you know, needless to say, I miss people. I'm a massive extrovert. I thrive when I'm around people. And and sadly, I don't have many friends left in Poland, but I do have a family still. And I miss being able to pop into my parents' place or drive to my grandma's and have tea with her. And I miss being able to see my cousin's children grow up. 
you know, and I also miss people more generally, the, the characteristics as a nation, the pizzazz, you know, the the fantasy, the stubbornness, the, um, the fact they're so outspoken and so frank <laughs> to your face. I find it, to be honest, I find it not as easy to be on the receiving end of that as I used to. It was quite natural um, back when I lived there. But living here, I think, made me more diplomatic. And in the same time, not entirely kicked that directness out of me. But I am, I am different when it comes to interactions with people. I really miss the curiosity of Polish people. I miss smaller villages I miss towns where you feel less alone because people look at you and smile at you and talk to you my mom and her friends regularly meet for coffee in each other's houses and I'm sad you know knowing that it'll probably not happen to me I miss the resilience the ingenuity the creativity I oh really miss Polish people there you go that really took me by surprise you know I've got more tiny tears in my eyes what else do I miss I miss uh the weather I miss the seasons and the intricacies the early spring the early autumn especially I miss the salt water wind by the Baltic Sea. I miss the other type of a wind, which is called Halne. It's a warm, anxious windstorm blowing through the valleys in the mountains in the south. It's a very interesting one. It sort of causes um, a sudden change of the atmospheric pressure, temperature and humidity. So it really messes up with how people feel. It really messes up your mood and people get long, painful migraines, people's hearts stop functioning, uh, they experience breathing problems, depression. It's really tough. But for me, every time I experienced it, it brought a sort of weird excitement, the feeling on edge but in a good way. I, w- I would like to talk about this a little bit more. This is, to me, it's, it's super interesting. So I really miss experiencing experiencing that, sitting in the Polish mountains, in, in Tatra mountains, drinking beer. I don't even like beer, but when I'm in the mountains, I just love, I just love having a beer and sitting in one of these, you know, wooden bars, in the valleys, with the mountain rescue teams, talking about life and death. Oh, miss that so much. Then I miss some fruits. You know, I'm not going to say that I miss food because you can get everything here. There's a Polish shop every every 10 minutes walk, so it's fine. But there are some things that you can't get here easily. One of them is, is a Polish type of an apple and someone's going to tell me oh it's not Polish might be Russian like, anyway it's a it's an apple called papirovka which literally I think translates as paper apples it's a very sour green apple it almost tastes like it's not ready to be eaten by this and it tastes so good when you break into someone's garden and steal it from them <clears throat> no I would never do that but tastes so good and then wild strawberries can't find it here 
it's, it's a tiny strawberry but really intense in taste especially when it's still hot from the sun and you just pick it up and eat it what beautiful thing and and my favorite fruit a potato but a special type of a potato that's baked in a fire pit it's burnt and it's just so good to me this is the essence of poland that that potato baked in a fire pit oh so delicious oh old churches i really miss and the smell of old church benches oh again if someone can just bottle all these things <laughs> i'll pay any money for this perfume and lastly what i really miss is what i experience in that cinema which are the common reference points the the cultural the social references looking at someone and saying oh yeah that remember that and that combined with the essence of poland is the polish death ban sense of humor spectacular oh really want to go <laughs> book a ticket to Poland now I've I've told you all about it mm, but there are many things I do not miss <laughs> there are many things I dislike in Poland and in today's episode I'm really looking at it with a very selective lens oh my god do you know what else I really like it's it's called a linden tree it smells a little bit sweet a little bit lemony it's it's lovely tea that you can make from it oh so delicious and it's got all sorts of medicinal properties so yeah whoever is making my perfume please also stick that in but going back to what i was saying i am i am looking at poland with a very selective lens very selective lens and you know very sentimental too and actually that's where i'm going to end that i think that sentimentalism that looking back and seeing the good and feeling warm in my heart that sentimentalism i think makes me more polish than anything else the end of my big episode on my little belongings take care everyone oh please write to me write to me your thoughts i'm so curious to hear your stories take care look after each other Bye-bye and cześć in Polish.